Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast from Monday, June 5. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, today's topic is going to be the Giants 2022 rookie class, those players who will be entering their second NFL season's during 2023. Had a chance to speak with both Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, the Giants' two first-round picks in 2022 during last week's OTA. And a little bit later on, I will play for you the the group media interviews that we were able to do with with Thibodeau and Neal. But uh, first, let's get into some discussion of that 2022 rookie class and what we might see from those guys in 2023. I don't really want to say that the Giants really could have two rookie classes in 2023, but the reality of it is that due to injuries, mostly injuries, we really didn't get a full look at the 2022 class last year. Had two players, offensive lineman Marcus McKethan, who was a fifth-round pick, and linebacker Darian Beavers, who was a sixth-round pick, missed the entire seasons due to uh, injuries, both with torn ACLs. Had uh, second-round pick Wandale Robinson miss much of the season with uh, knee injuries, first with a, a patella sprain and then with a torn ACL. Uh, so we didn't really get to see what Robinson could really do for the Giants. Every player on the roster, every rookie on the roster, other than fifth-round pick Micah McFadden, an inside linebacker, missed time with injuries. So really, we didn't get a full look at what the 2022 Giants draft class might bring to the table for this team long-term. They say that it takes three full years to really know what what a draft class will bring to a team We should see more from the 2022 draft class this year. We should get a better idea what these guys might be long-term. Thought we would would go through the class a little bit. First, uh, you know, we'll we'll go, you know, first round through sixth round. We'll go that way uh, before we play the interviews with... uh, with Thibodeau and Neal. Um, first, you know, in reference to Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau had a good rookie season, not a great rookie season, ended up with four sacks, couple of, uh, a couple of game-changing plays, particularly against the Washington Commanders late in the season. Thibodeau was better and more productive later on in the season, 
but uh, didn't really compile the the numbers or have the overall impact as a rookie that people might have hoped for, you know, from the fifth overall pick. Thibodeau, I think, is a player who's going to continue to get better. You'll hear in the interview with him a little bit later on how he talked about learning how to use his physical skill sets, really learning what the NFL is all about, learning the the, the speed, the ability levels of, of the players, and learning as the year went on how he needed or what he needed to do in order to be successful. I really do believe that Kayvon Thibodeau is a player who's going to be very, very good for the Giants for a very long time. Wink Martindale, Giants defensive coordinator, said the other day that he doesn't think Thibodeau has a ceiling. And I don't know if that's true or not. But what I do know is I do believe that Kayvon Thibodeau is going to take a step forward in 2023 and make a bigger impact as a defensive player for the Giants. There's a lot of concern regarding the Giants' second first-round pick from last year, right tackle Evan Neal. And that concern is justifiable in a lot of ways because Neal had a very poor rookie season. PFF grades were not kind to Neal. I think he gave up eight sacks. I think he was right at the bottom, if if not the absolute worst rated offensive tackle in football you know among players who qualified you know based on the number of snaps that they played Neil's rookie season has drawn a lot of comparisons to the very difficult rookie season that Andrew Thomas now one of the best left tackles in the league has uh, had experienced you know a few years back and we keep going back to that and saying you can't give up on Evan Neal you can't assume that that the type of performance he had as a rookie is going to be what kind of player he is. A lot of reasons for optimism for me regarding Evan Neal. First and foremost, Neal's a player who I think for five consecutive seasons has played a different position. Going back to his time at Alabama, he's been a left tackle, he's been a right tackle, he's played both guard positions. Every year at Alabama, he played a different position. As a senior at Alabama, he played left tackle. As a, as a rookie with the Giants, he moved to right tackle. And, and people will downplay that, but it is a change. It is doing everything from the opposite side. It's doing, when you switch sides, it's doing with your right foot and your right hand things that you had been doing with your left foot and your left hand. It's learning your steps the opposite way of what you had been practicing the year before. I think first and foremost, Evan Neal will benefit from being at right tackle for a second consecutive season. Neal did a lot of work with former all-pro offensive lineman Willie Anderson during the offseason. He said the other day they worked primarily on his stance and on, on his comfort level which they hope will help his footwork, hope will help his quickness in getting to his to his set points and getting into position to execute the blocks that he needs to make. There's also the reality that Neil was not completely healthy himself last year. He missed time in the middle of the season with a knee injury. Didn't use the knee injury as an excuse but the reality of it was that 
I don't believe Neal was ever fully healthy after injuring that knee in the middle of the season, battled through a lot of things to his credit, was a stand-up guy, you know, talked about his difficulties, didn't shy away from anything. I believe in Evan Neal. I believe that maybe he's not going to be an all-pro right tackle, but I do believe he's going to be a good NFL offensive lineman. I do think he's going to take strides in 2023 and be better. Again, is he going to play at a Pro Bowl or All-Pro level? I don't see that, but I do see improvement if he if he becomes an adequate right tackle, you know, in his second year, you know, pretty much average player, then that's a big step forward for him and it's a big step forward for the Giants offensive line as well. So we'll see what Neal brings to the table, but I am a believer in Evan Neal. I do think long term he's going to be just fine. How do you look back at your rookie year, individually? Um, I feel like it was pretty good. I feel like my rookie year, you know, I left a lot of space to grow. Um, it got better as time went on, continuously uh, put the work in. So, yeah, I'm excited to excited for the second year now. How much are some of the things you're looking to get better at as far as being concerned as a pass rusher? Uh, getting sacks, finishing. You know, there's a lot of times where I had good pass rushes, but I didn't finish. You know, you start to realize, like, that other guy on the side of the line is paying a lot of money, right? So, uh... They're not gonna. They're not gonna let them get touched. So just continuing to, to sharpen the end of my rush, that that third phase, and making sure I start to, you know, finish. Did you? Did you? Um, are you the kind of guy that you looked at almost like virtually every snap last year? Did you sit down at one point and watch and watch and watch? I did. I saw. So I watched most of it. I didn't watch the good plays. The good plays are kind of dead and gone. Now I was trying to trying to figure out how I can eliminate as many bad plays as possible. And I don't think there were any bad plays, but, you know, even, like I said, the rushes that I didn't finish, trying to figure out what I could do to, to finish it. Did you, did you, when you said he sent you into the offseason, you know, saying that he thought you needed to get stronger, maybe more than your legs, I'm curious how you addressed that. Um, I think it's, you know, I, it's funny. So my lower body, it'll never look bigger, but, I, you know, I'm as strong as anybody else when it comes to squatting, when it comes to lifting, when it comes to things like that. But what I started to learn was more of the application of my strengths, right? We're starting to figure out, you know, how to use my leverage and use the things that I have to my advantage. Is there Did one you? or two plays from last year? Talk about finishing that, that you didn't finish that that really stuck with you. I mean, yeah, the first game I think we played Washington. You know, it was a it was a second guess, a, a, a kind of a step that threw me off, even though I was unblocked. Um, there was a couple uh, snaps in the Eagles game, the first game we played, where I, I could have uh, had an impact if I you know finished the top of my rush. And um, I know it was one even in the Texans when I was going against Lamy Tunzel. He's a guy who um, really long, but um, I let him at the end of my rush. I let him kind of get his hands on me where. You know, I should have been able to get around it. What does it say to you, to you and, and your room, really, that they made a lot of upgrades, they brought in a lot of players in different positions. Mm-hmm. They're kind of rolling it back, running it back with you guys there at, at Edge Wrestling. Uh, well, in other words, they, they didn't bring bring somebody else in. It's mm-hmm. kind of the same group that it was last year. Yeah. What, does that, what does that say to you? That, that, um, that confidence or what they say? We, we got a great GM. I mean, since I've been here, he's been a... Uh, you know, I, I told myself I want to be something like a GM one day, so I started to look at, you know, the team's needs and, you know, whatever the case may be. But I feel like he's brought in the right pieces for us to continue to grow um, on the offensive side, on the defensive side. And, you know, a lot of guys that he did bring in and that are here now are, are primed. And they're uh, some great players, so I'm excited to, you know, really get out there and, you know, start training camp. They didn't bring in any edge rushers, though. Yeah. Right? So what, is, what do you think that says about, about your group? I, I don't know how much more money they were going to spend on edge rushers. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, 
Yeah, I'm excited. You just really piqued my interest with it. You want to be a you see yourself working in I mean, the front office? Not, not really. Not really. I kind of just want to be an analyst like you guys and kind of see, you know, what, what the next moves are for teams. And for me, even being on a team, you know, trying to figure out what components does the team need to succeed. So just kind of looking at it from a 360 uh, point of view. Well, you, dig into, you dig into analytics at all in terms of how it can help you as a player? I mean, we just brought in a corner, and I know that'll help. So I'm excited to, you know, see some more lockdown coverage. I'm excited to, you know, be able to, you know, make things happen. And along those lines, since you you like to do this type of stuff, what do you think of all the new additions to the defensive side of the ball? They're amazing. Now we have depth. I'm excited. You know, a lot of guys are here to work. There are no egos. There are no. Um, there's nobody that that doesn't want to get better. Right, so if you look out there, it looks like practice is still going on because a lot of guys still, you know, training with each other and helping each other out, and that's kind of the the culture we're building. <coughs> what about the offensive side of the ball? I mean, you got some guys that can really challenge you guys. I mean, yeah, you know, even today, you know, they made some plays, and I, it made me excited seeing them um, make plays and seeing them kind of gel together and continue to, to grow that chemistry. Other than the snaps, you said you studied the things mm-hmm. you can do better. Um, what do you think you learned most about what this is all about? What the NFL life is all about that you couldn't have known before this? Um, that yeah, dinner gets expensive. When you go a year going out to dinner every week, you start to realize like, man, I'm gonna start eating at home, going to the grocery store. <laughs> the uh, Giants did some video the other day where you guys walked off the field and we had to like say something nice about the guy you were. And I noticed you were walking off with Evan. And you guys always be linked as the same draft class, top ten picks. He, you had success. He kind of. Had ups and downs last year as a rookie. What have you seen from him in terms of maybe where he's grown and maybe his you going against him? What what he showed you as a rookie versus what he showed everybody else? Well, you know the thing about playing defense and offense is that you know if we lose, they're not just going to point at me, you know. But if we lose, they're going to point at the O line. So for him, I feel like he's uh, been able to process it more mentally. I feel like you know coming into it, he starts to get an understanding, and me too, just figuring out that. You have to play to your strengths. You know, a lot of guys come to the NFL and they want to be like somebody else or want to take every tool that you can get. But it's like at the end of the day, you are who you are. And once you start to understand, you know, what type of player you are and how you can uh, grow with the assets you already have, um, you become a a great player. So I think he's done a great job, one, blocking out the noise and continue to stay on his grind and then um, continue to ask those questions. Be hungry, be curious. When you you look at last year – in the spring versus this year and how maybe last year was probably a whirlwind, my word, not yours, but how locked in or how more locked in do you feel on your your game this year as opposed to last year and how much is that going to help you kind of move forward? Yeah, when you talked about being locked in, I think it's a different mentality, right? You know, when when you haven't played against uh, NFL caliber guys, you don't really know, right, how big you are, how how strong you need to be, how fast you need to be. But once you kind of get that down and you start to really learn the, the, the ins and outs of the game, which is kind of what I started to do at the end of the season last year, going into this year, I think, you know, it becomes a lot easier. Now I can really focus on the offense and not so much focus on myself, but figure out, you know, uh, the different tips and tricks I can get going into training camp. You, you talked about you want to finish better this year than yeah. you put a number on that at all? Uh, no, because I, I had a number on it last year, and I figured out that, you know, the season is so long that you have to do it by game. So if I can make impactful plays like I was able to do and continue to, to win, I mean, no one will ever remember, right? So as long as, as long as we win and as long as I continue to play well and play for my teammates, I think I'll be good. When did the last one that shift to, like, maybe thinking not about a number of sacks, but kind of about more of the season as a whole, how did you process that? Or when, you, when you go four sacks, was it four or five games with no sacks? I mean, you start to realize, like, well, fuck that number. I mean, 
forget that number. You start to think, forget the number, and you know, um, what can I do to, to just make a play? You know, so after you know, come Baltimore game, it was like, yo, I, I gotta make a play. You know, I don't really have time to, to think about the goals I had. I I gotta go for something now. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Evan, how's it going? Going good. How you doing? Good. How's good. your offseason been and kind of reflecting back on your rookie season? Offseason was good. Um, got some time to rest. Went home, spent some time around family, you know, did a little traveling. Uh, rookie year, um, learned a lot, gained a lot of experience, so proud of the way I performed. Evan, you worked uh, this offseason with Willie Anderson. Can we talk about the work he's done with you, what he's taught you, and do you feel more comfortable? Have you found a stance that you feel more comfortable with? Yeah, working with Willie was cool. Um, just getting a lot of his knowledge. I mean, he was a Pro Bowl player. Um, we were just playing around with my stance, like seeing what's comfortable, seeing what's not comfortable. Um, a stance that I can be functional out of and uh, explode out of and stuff like that. How much do you think that, and I know you're not going to make excuses, but your knee injury probably lingered last year. How much of that was a factor finding that comfort? It wasn't a factor. I mean, a lot of guys get dinged up, get, uh, get banged up. I wasn't the only one out there dealing with stuff. How did you get hooked up with Willie Anderson? Um, it's on Instagram, through Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, we've been connected and stuff like that. I've we knew each other, you know, we knew of each other uh, prior to us working and stuff. But really, just social media. Yeah. Getting comfortable with him, I guess. How did he? How did you work on your stance? How did it change a little bit? Oh uh, yeah, like I said, um, just seeing like whether I'm widening out my base or narrowing it, or just seeing what's comfortable. You got to be able to be functional in your stance and be able to uh, move efficiently out of your stance. So that's what we were trying to find. Just finding a base that. I'm quick out of, that's comfortable for me in a stance that I can, you know, get in and repeat rep after rep after rep. So is that, is that something you are trying out or something that you are now doing? It's something that, it's a continuation. Um, just going to continue to get work, just to continue to work and get better. Um, and just in every facet of the game, you know, regardless of whether it's my stance or my hands or my pad level or whatever. Is that something you were eager to do? Like, hey, I, I want to get better. Let's see what I can tweak. Or when you've had success doing stuff technically one way, might, some guys might be resistant, I guess, to making any changes. Like, look, I've gotten this far doing it this way kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, I'm open to change. In this league, you got to be able to adapt. You know, uh, I've done a lot of things that worked for me in the past. Uh, I've done things that uh, haven't worked so well. So this is just another one of those things. You're trying something new, um, just seeing how I could get better in any way. What about the speed of the game, Evan? That's that's usually a big challenge for a young guy when they get to the NFL. How did that slow down for you? What did you do to help that slow down? When it comes to that, it's really just reps. It all boils down to reps. Um, just the more I went out there and played, uh, the more and more comfortable and confident that I got. Kayvon was out here before, and he made a point. He said, this year versus last year, this year you actually know and feel what it's like to play in the NFL, mm -hmm. how strong guys are, how fast they are. Did you pick up the same thing once the season ended and come out here now knowing, you know, now I felt it, I can come out here and tinker with what I got? Right. Like, nothing's a surprise now. Like, I, I know what to expect. Like, I know what an NFL-level game is. And, um, yeah, just doing what I can to go out there and, you know, perform and, and play well. Um, so it's definitely good that I got the experience that I did last year carrying over into this season. Back to the stance, did you not feel comfortable in the stance you're in last year? Like, it feels like a big thing to kind of adjust. So I'm just curious how you come about doing that. I mean, yeah, I felt comfortable. I mean, but with anything, you want to refine it to the point where, you know, you can get better results out of it. You know, so it wasn't the fact that I was uncomfortable. Um, I was analyzing my game and I was like, okay, well, maybe if I tweak this point on my stance, you know, maybe I'll be able to get into my pass set quicker.
or maybe I'll be more balanced whenever I take my pass set. So really it's just a refining type of thing. But you were also making a transition from the left side. You played the left side in your mm -hmm. final year of college and then switched to the right side. So there had to be an adjustment there, I think, no? Yeah, um, going from a, a left-handed stance to a right-handed stance. Thankfully, I've done it before. I played three different positions at Alabama, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, the main thing is I feel like it's your hip alignments and stuff like that. Um, just making sure that my hips, you know, get back adjusted to the right side. You know, that's the biggest thing that I dealt with. Have three forgive, more. Forgive me. How much were you working with Willie Anderson? Was it like a week-long thing? Was it like all? Was it like months, all off-season? How much time did you guys spend together? He came up here. We worked for a few days. Uh, watched film. Got on the field. Worked some different technique things. And uh, we have dialogue. We keep in contact. We keep in touch with each other. You know, just talk ball. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Not everything has to be physical. You know. So it was up here. Yeah. Did you stay up here? Other than how family, you were up here all offseason, or where did you like train? I was here. I was there. You know, just spending time uh, with my family, uh, having a little bit of fun, um, and I was working. I know the contact's been limited, but what has it been like, kind of testing out some of this stuff against guys like Kayvon? You came in with last year, who's obviously really good. Like, how's that ironing, sharpening, ironing process going? Yeah, it's always fun when you get to go up against like another body, like it's easy for me to go out there and take pass sets against air, but you know, even those walkthrough speed, you kinda get to, you know, go through the feel of how you're feeling, like um just my balance, my base, like my hands and my feet, how everything's matching and stuff like that. So it was cool. You know, even though that his walkthrough base, you know, at this point, um really iron ain't sharpening too much when you're walking through, but it's still <laughs> it's still good to just go through the motion, you know, get the muscle memory the rest. And you, said, you said you were proud of your rookie season. Mm -hmm. There was still some adversity. I mean, what are you what are you proud of the way that you handled it? Yeah, um, and I'm sure adversity is a part of everything. And um, just I battled with some things, whether it be uh, injuries, having to miss time, and stuff like that. Um, playing through like bad games and things like that. I just like the way that I uh, I was able to be resilient. You know, through it all, finished the year strong. Uh, didn't complain or anything. Uh, just went out there every Sunday. You know, and gave it everything that I had. So I was really proud of that. All right, now that we've heard from Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, let's continue breaking down the remainder of the Giants' 2022 NFL draft class and uh, what they might be able to bring to the Giants in 2023. Turning to Giants' second-round pick, Wandale Robinson, he's an easy wide receiver to forget about when we talk about the, the upgraded New York Giants receiving core for 2023 Robinson taken uh, last year a little bit by surprise with the 43rd overall pick, guy that most folks thought was uh, was maybe a third-round value. The Giants obviously had him higher on their board than, than a lot of teams and a lot of other NFL uh, draft analysts. They believed in Robinson's skill set and what it could do what he could bring to the Brian Dable, Mike Kafka offense. And unfortunately, we only saw glimpses of that last year due to Robinson's injuries. First, a patella strain. Second, the torn ACL that cost him uh, the the remainder of the, the 2022 season. Robinson ended up uh, playing in only a handful of games last year. And, you know, it was unfortunate when he was injured in week 10. It was uh, only his sixth game of the season, and it was his best game as an NFL player. Nine catches and 13 targets for an even 100 yards. 
in that game, we started to see some of Robinson's run-after catch ability, some of what he could bring to the Giants' offense, and you know, hopefully we see a full year from Wandale Robinson in 2023. Right now, he still has not been practicing. We see him on the side catching balls off the jug, jugs machine, doing some resistance work, doing a little bit of running. So not sure what his availability is going to be when training camp starts, but still believe there's a bright future for Wandale Robinson and a place for him in this Giants offense, even though the Giants have added players like Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt to their receiving core on the outside. And even though they've added tight end Darren Waller, who will spend a lot of his time split uh, in the slot or, or out wide, I still think Robinson is a guy who has a bright future and could add a great deal uh, to the Giants offense in 2023. Right, the Giants' two third-round picks were cornerback Cordell Flott and offensive lineman Josh Azudu. Giants tried with Azudu to give him an opportunity to win the left guard job after Shane Lemieux was injured. That didn't go as well as the Giants might have hoped. His play was up and down, and then he got hurt. You know, And then again, at the end of the season, when he was playing a little bit better, he had a neck or shoulder injury that ended up landing him on IR. I think the Giants still believe that Azudu could be a long-term starter at left guard. Ben Bredesen would be penciled in as the starter entering training camp at that spot. I think Azudu has a chance to win that job. Obviously, you teams like to see their day one and day two picks become long-term productive players for them. And I think the Giants will give Azudu every chance to to win that job, and we'll see if he can. Uh, in terms of Cordell Flott, obviously there isn't a starting position for Flott on the outside at this point, not if Adoree Jackson is healthy, not if Deontay Banks, the team's first-round pick, is what the Giants think that he is and shows that he deserves to be a starter from week one in the NFL, you know, in the 2023 season. Flott, though, while he's thin and while teams took advantage of that at times last year, I don't know if he put on any weight yet during the 2023 offseason. I would guess that he put on a little bit of weight, added a little bit of strength. But Flott could could have a couple of roles for the Giants. He could be the team's third outside corner, the guy who sees the field sometimes in in four and five wide receiver packages, could be the first guy off the bench if there are injuries or if if Banks for instance, you know, struggles to uh to adjust to the NFL during his rookie season. Flott also played a significant amount of slot while he was in college. And could be an option to move in there, especially if the Giants decide to move on from Darnay Holmes, a guy who has a $2.7 million cap hit and could be or definitely is a player I consider to be on the roster bubble entering 2023 training camp. You know, Flott's a guy that the Giants remain high on 
and could have a big role in their secondary going forward. In the fourth round last year, the Giants took tight end Daniel Bellinger and safety Dane Belton. Bellinger, of course, was a big part of the Giants' offense, was a starter, was a productive player, missed time in the middle of the season with the fractured eye socket, suffered in uh, you know an unfortunate uh, accident during a game. But uh, Bellinger is a good player. We've seen photos of Bellinger this year at OTAs, and and he is massively bigger. He obviously has been in the weight room this offseason. With the presence of Darren Waller, Bellinger would nominally be considered the Giants' number two tight end, but appearances from what we've seen in OTAs are going to be that Darren Waller is not going to spend a lot of time lined up as an inline tight end. That role is going to fall to Daniel Bellinger. So if the Giants are using 12 personnel with two tight ends, then you know Bellinger's going to see the field quite a bit. He's going to have a big role with the Giants in 2023. He's a good young player. He may not ever be a Pro Bowl player. He may not ever be a a dynamic receiving threat, but Bellinger's a good player. Uh, When it comes to Dane Belton, I honestly think that the Giants were a little bit disappointed in in the play of the fourth round pick a year ago. If you look at the snap counts, you know, Belton had a a pretty decent sized role with the Giants during the middle of the season. But as the year progressed, you know, the final third of the year, Belton rarely saw the field. So I'm very curious to see with uh, with Julian Love now being a member of the Seattle Seahawks, I'm very curious to see if Belton is able to to uh, to grab a bigger role on the uh, on the Giants defense. Giants signed you know, veteran Bobby McCain. They still have Jason Pinnock at safety. They have been looking at Nick McLeod, who played a lot of cornerback and a lot of both both outside and in the slot, and did a good job for the Giants as a backup last year. They've been giving him an opportunity at safety during the OTAs. I'm anxious to see if Belton is able to win a bigger role on defense. Honestly, not entirely optimistic, just based on the on the way that uh, that Belton's playing time went a year ago. But again, I'm not going to give up on the young man. We'll see if uh, if he can earn a bigger role. Yeah, in the fifth round, you know, the Giants took uh, took Micah McFadden. They took uh, Marcus McKethan last year. You know, McKethan, of course, is a guard prospect. We didn't see any of him because of his torn ACL. And uh, I think that... that uh, you know, McKethan is a guy who could be a long-term uh, possible replacement for Mark Glowinski, maybe in 2024, a guy who could work his way into the lineup or simply could be a uh, a guy who ends up as uh, as depth, you know, behind those guys as, as a guy who could be depth on both sides, both guard positions. Uh, Micah McFadden played a lot last year, especially during the middle part of the season as the Giants searched for linebacker help, um, but obviously did not, um, you know, obviously 
the Giants found him wanting as well at the end of the season as they went and uh, and brought in you know veteran Jared Davis off the Detroit Lions practice squad. I tend to think that McFadden's long-term role with the Giants is going to be mostly a special teams player and not as an every-down linebacker. I think sixth-round pick Darian Beavers, a guy who missed last year with uh, with an ACL, is a guy that that everyone's going to be curious about in training camp. How healthy is he? Did the did the knee injury cost him, you know, any athleticism? Giants were very high on what they saw from you know from him a year ago. Wink Martindale said that when you watched Beavers play linebacker, it looked different than the other guys that the Giants had at the position last year. I think that if Beavers is healthy, he could land that starting role next to Bobby Okereke. And you know the other guy to uh, to talk about is uh, is Mark is DJ Davidson, defensive tackle, who missed most of the season, you know, with with a torn ACL. Giants have tried really, really hard to upgrade their defensive line depth. You know, drafting Jordan Riley late in the draft, adding. Rakeem Nunez Rochez and Ashawn Robinson, you know, quality veteran defensive tackles as backups. So I'm not sure where Davidson fits in that picture. We'll see. It'll be an interesting training camp battle for him, but he is going to have to show something in order to uh, to earn some snaps. And Giants fans, that's our show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.